Good morning, Rich. Welcome. Morning, Nancy. Hi, Perry. How are you doing? Nice to have you here. Hi, Susan. Welcome from Chicago. Good to hear you. We're still waiting for you to come back. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> morning, Jeff. Welcome. And uh, happy Sunday, Robin. Morning, Julie. <clears throat> Welcome to Susan and Theo. Julian says, Kestrel says hi. Morning, Sue. Good morning, Peter. Adam, good morning to you. Morning, Trang. That was a good show yesterday. We, uh, Trang and Lynn and I and many others attended this uh, program uh, done by the UUA, new, uh, what, what is the new sun rising or something? New day rising, sorry, on, uh, on, uh, doing the next steps about uh, about uh, racism and anti-racism and uh, anti-oppression uh, work uh, in our community. And it was a really, really good conference. <clears throat> New day rising. <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Um, hi from Rehoboth Beach, Christy. Welcome. Yeah, it's a rainy morning and and uh, glad that you're sitting by the, the fireside. I don't have the name clearly in front of me. Um, so Perry, we have two Adams here. One is uh, Adam Limehouse and uh, Briskin and uh, the other of course is Adam Goldberg. So <clears throat> morning Elaine. This is a brings your sunshine in your heart day, a good day. We really need that sunshine in our lives this morning. Morning, Laura and the Tyler household. <coughs> ah, Shirley was sitting by the fire. I didn't see it, just said S on my screen. So I wasn't able to decipher it fast enough as these, uh, these messages are coming in really fast and furious. Shirley Storms, welcome. So here is Peter Bishop sending us all a message. I have updated the title of my talk at the Philosophy Discussion Group today at 1 p.m. It's called the Hegel-James Debate, Dialectics versus Pragmatism and the Limits of Objective Thinking. Thank God I had my coffee this morning. I could actually read that. Excellent. Thanks, Peter.
Judy Myers says good morning to everybody. And so does Emily and Carl in Silver Spring. Morning, Anne. That's Anne Baker. I'm finally back in Maryland after four months in Missouri. Welcome back, Anne. Morning, Trish. <clears throat> Let's wait a few more minutes as people troop in. Morning, Alex. <clears throat> Excuse me. Morning, Catherine and Mark. And buenos dias to you too, Mark. Hi, Brian and Leanne, good morning to you, welcome. If there's anybody who's from another uh, uh, ethical society, just give us a shout out so that we can recognize you. <clears throat> and by the way, just, just to clarify, I know that we are all sort of pretty adept at it now, but just to clarify, if you want your messages to go to everybody, uh, choose the option all panelists and attendees in your chat box. Morning, Bill, and morning, Joe. Morning from the Dakins, Abby and John and family, welcome. And to Hunter and Mirka, welcome as well. Morning, John. Morning uh, uh, from the Smiths of Cloverly. Okay, I think we are about um, ready to start. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. For the opening words today, we have a story for you. You know, they reckon Ken the Wizard and Clive the Magician had one of the best flea collections in the world in world history. Those fleas were the cleverest, liveliest, strongest fleas of their era, and most useful for all sorts of spells. <clears throat> uh, now, Ken and Clive never went anywhere without them, at least at least a thousand fleas. Uh, with them, always kept safely in one of their bizarre glass bags so that everyone could appreciate this flea's special qualities. One time, Ken and Clive happened upon each other in the forest. Um, and chatting and joking, time passed by quickly and they realized it was so late that they would have to camp out in the forest that night. While they were sleeping, Clive the magician sneezed with such magical violence that thousands of white hot sparks shot out of his nose. Ken and Clive had left their precious fleas on some leaves for the night, and unfortunately, one of the sparks landed on a leaf and the whole lot set alight. As the fire started spreading, the two magicians continued sleeping and their fleas began to look decidedly nervous. 
They were all terribly clever and strong, so each one of the fleas thought of their own strategy to escape the fire. However, as they were still inside the bags, they each jumped in all different directions, which meant that the bags stayed exactly where they were. One of the fleas noticed how they were all leaping in different directions with no coordination. He realized that they would never escape like that, so he stopped jumping and gathered a group of fleas who he convinced to jump all at once. As they couldn't agree where to jump, the flea suggested that they all jump first forward, then backward. The group started jumping together, and the rest of the fleas in the sack didn't take very long to understand that jumping together would make it easier to escape the fire. So soon all the fleas were jumping forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards. The fleas in the other bag saw this and imitated it. The two glass bags were now rolling backward and forward, backward and forward towards each other. And with one last effort, they collided and both the bags shattered into a thousand pieces, setting the fleas free. By the time the fire had woken the magicians, it was already too late. Although they managed to put out the fire, their precious fleas had jumped far out into the night. And nothing more was ever heard of those truly exceptional fleas. Although some people say that to this day, they still work together to help each other out and survive the dangers of the wild. Our opening music today is by Johnny and Susan Buzek, Swimming to the Other Side, composed by Emma's Revolution. Preparing to do my part All of those who come before 
loving lessons that I will follow. We're all swimming to the other side. We are living beneath the great big dipper. We are washed by the very same rain. We are swimming in the stream together, some in power and some in pain. We can worship this ground we walk on, cherishing the beings that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever, we're all swimming to the other side. When we get there, we'll discover all of the gifts we've been given to share have been with us since life's beginning and we never noticed they were there we can balance at the brink of wisdom never recognizing that we've arrived loving spirits will live together we're all swimming to the other side loving spirits will live forever we're all swimming to the other side. Thank you, Johnny and Susan. That is beautiful. Thank you. Welcome again to the Washington Ethical Society. I'm Rajesh Vidyasaga. My pronouns are he, him, his, and I'm today's efficient. Visitors, we especially welcome you from near and far. We hope that you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot, or M-A-C-E-O-T, at ethicalsociety.org. You can also fill out a connection form. Maceo will put that link in the chat. And we hope you join us after the platform service for a chance to say hello. Our chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing only for the address itself and then reopening. Uh, if you don't want to see the chat, this is a good time to minimize it. Each week, a member of our community reads our statement of purpose so that we might hear our shared values in each other's voices. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc forward slash read SOP. This week, our reader is Adam Briskin-Limehouse, a member of the Lay Leadership Development Committee. I invite Adam to read our statement of purpose. The Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit, with faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Adam. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. 
Each week we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today I'm particularly mindful of the deaths of Americans from COVID-19, which has passed the half million mark. Their families and loved ones, a number which must surely be closer to three million. As we listen to this chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us hold in our hearts all that hurts in the world. And let us commit ourselves to all that calls for our work and our love. Now is the time for meditation. It's a time for a pause, a gathering of our awareness in the present, a time to reflect. We let go of yesterday and we don't reach out for tomorrow. We just stay in the present. So make yourselves comfortable, plant your feet firmly on the ground. If you're able, close your eyes or soften your gaze if you prefer. Take deep, life-giving breaths. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. This is the beloved community. We gather together every week in person or virtually. We gather together to celebrate life together. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. We gather together to share our hopes and dreams for ourselves, our families, our loved ones, our community, and our country. We gather together for fellowship and togetherness. Breathe in, breathe out. We gather together in happiness and in sorrow to give and to receive. Breathe in and breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. We gather together for common purpose, to build together, to build the beloved community with love.
to Leah for that. A different Leah song we than what I thought we were we doing, but we will come back to it. Good morning. I'm Lynn Cox. I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. You can use they, them pronouns for me. And I'm Maceo Thomas. My pronouns are him and he, and I am the membership coordinator. Now is the time when we honor our newest members and their decision to join the Washington Ethical Society. Our new members being recognized today have joined us on the panel and we'll hear from them in a moment. Today, we joyfully welcome Grace Olivieri, Elaine Park, and Alona Simza. We're grateful today for each one of you that you have found your way here and that you've decided to make a a commitment to our community. So we will send you your certificate of membership, which includes a quote from Felix Adler. Spiritual evolution is the progressive advance of humankind toward a state of things in which the light of ethical perfection shall be reflected from the face of human society. That is in which all people shall live and move and have their being in mutually promoting the highest life of each and all. And attached to that certificate, you'll find an ethical culture symbol pin. And we also have your new member name tags. Woo! We hope you are both with pride as we are proud to have you in our community. These new members have participated in Q&A sessions and path to membership classes. And what they have learned about membership is fresh in their minds. So we've asked them to share some of what they've learned. Grace, Elaine, and Ilona, we want your membership at West to be meaningful to you. 
I look forward to seeing you regularly at platform and programs in virtual space during these socially distanced times and either digitally or in person when it's safe. May it be so that regular participation becomes one of the joys of your life. Let's talk more about the joys of membership. As members, we have the joy of being part of something larger than ourselves, to participate financially in the support of Wes's mission. As members, we have the joy of giving and receiving care and support among others in our community, including receiving the support of our clergy leader for rites of passages, such as baby naming, ceremonies, and weddings. As members, we have the joy of serving the wider community beyond West through our share the plate of donations and through teams at West focused on action for justice and compassion. As members, we have the joy of supporting the missions of West by channeling our time and talent in a way that fits the skills and interests. As Go ahead, Alona. As members, we have the joy of being able to guide West's future by participating in the democratic process of governance. As members, we have the joy of being part of a welcoming community that is always building towards inclusivity. Grace, Elaine, and Alona, thank you for committing to membership. May your commitment bring you meaning and purpose, helping you to bring out the best in others and in yourself. Thank you again, Grace, Elena, and Alona for joining us in these joys. And thank you to our continuing members for staining these joys and for, for welcoming these new members and getting to know them. If we were live, you would hear the sounds of wild applause and as all of us celebrate <laughs> membership. Well, I hope you can hear the silent wave of joy all around you and that you'll stay for coffee hour and hear the well wishes out loud. It's good to be together. As we continue to learn and grow together in deeper understanding of this community, I'm looking forward to hearing from Vincent Tyler, a member of the Board of Trustees and the speaker for today's platform. Take it away, Vincent. Vincent, you're still muted. Can you hear me? Can you hear yes, me? Yes, we can. We can hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Good, good morning, friends, guests, and people of West. And also welcome to the new members. My name is Vincent Tyler, and I am very glad you are with us today. I would like to open this platform with a quote from Margaret Mead. She was an American cultural anthropologist. During this month's theme of beloved community, her quote spoke to me as I thought about the Washington Ethical Society, our beloved community. Her quote says, have no doubt that a group of concerned citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever. As I said, this month's theme is beloved community. I guess it is appropriate seeing how February is considered the month of love. 
Love is such a powerful emotion and can be described in an abundance of ways. There's an article in Psychology Today that says, in part, love speaks out for justice and protests when harm is being done. Love points out the consequences of hurting oneself and others. Love has no territory, orders. Love allows room for anger, grief, or pain to be expressed and released. Love cares what becomes of you because love knows that we are all interconnected. Love is inherently passionate and empathic. Love knows that the other also at times, we love others and forget to love ourselves. At times, we need to be reminded of how truly marvelous we are. So Wes, I'd like to say, you are a marvelous community, full of love. And as we make our way back to something that is better than the way things were before the pandemic, I hope that fact is remembered. I'd like to give a whole platform about the love of Wes, however, this Sunday, I have been tasked to talk about the statement of purpose. Last November's blog from the Board of Trustees talked about the statement of purpose, also known as the SOP. In it was the question, what is Wes's purpose? The blog stated that Wes's purpose is many things for many people, but between all of them, there should be an underlying thread that connects them all. I suggest that thread is love. One definition from psychology today said that love is caring. Wes cares about the worth of every person and helping them to see that worth. It cares about injustice and equality, natural resources and the environment. Wes cares about the ethical education of its children and adults, about the planet and all the things that live on it. To care is to love. In the process of writing this platform, I have read many statements of purpose from many ethical The earliest thing I could find that could be considered a statement of purpose for the Washington Ethical Society was from the dedication of Wes's building on 16th Street. The date was Friday, May the 20th, 1966. This is how Wes described itself then. This is taken straight from the program at night. It said, the Washington Ethical Society is a liberal, religious, and educational fellowship organization organized in 1940. Ethical societies are dedicated to the teaching and practice of respect for human dignity and the fellowship and brotherhood of all people without regard to race, economic condition, or nationality. Ethical culture professes no theological creed or doctrine that seeks to unite men and women on the basis of a shared quest in achieving the highest values in human relations in personal, community, national, and international law. While reading those many statements of purpose I spoke of, the one constant I found among them, and in the words from ethical communities dating all the way back to the times of Felix Adler, was the idea of affirming the worth of every human and eliciting the best in others thereby in ourselves. Just by doing those things, one can show they care. Wes has been showing it cares for years by the things it's done and the causes it has stood for. In preparing this talk about Wes's statement of purpose, I look a bit at the history of Wes. Before I go any further, I'd like to give a big shout out 
to Paul Baker, who is the West historian. He, along with others, have compiled on West's website, the known history of West, dating back as far as records, documentation, and memory would allow, a time before platforms were recorded on Zoom and video. On the website, you can find selected recordings of platforms that were digitized from cassette tapes and also a fair amount of literature concerning the history of West. I found it to be a great resource and I thank him and L.D. McIntyre, the historian before him, and also others whose names I'm sorry I do not know for putting the history together. I thank Paul and also Robin Kravitz, who I personally think does an awesome job for making Wes's history available on the website. And lastly, thanks to the audio visual team. They have taken control of the screen's transmission. They control the vehicle. They control the horizontal. They are in control of all that you see and hear. And somewhere deep inside, they're out of limit. So thank you, audio visual team. Now, that being said, I read many of the documents, and you have heard what West thought about itself in the 60s. This is what the Washington Ethical Society was saying about itself in the 1980s. The SOP read, the Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic, educational, and religious community seeking to improve the quality of human relationships through the cultivation of ethical character and a more ethical society. Without relying on a common dogma or creed, we affirm the worth of every human being, and we trust that people have the capacity to create a more ethical society. We work to understand ethical principles by participating in Sunday platform meetings, a weekly children's ethical program, and a high school and adult school for ethics and relationship building, and a variety of ethical action projects. I have had an opportunity to listen to people talk about the current statement While doing so, it was brought out that although an ethical society may do a lot of things, those things really fall into four main buckets, four categories. Those being the development of self, interpersonal development, the community, and the broader world. It can be argued that some of those things are more to the forefront than others. One might find that to be true. But it also be that it is only true when looking at a single point in time. There is but so much time and energy to be gotten out of an organization at any given point. Like squeezing an air-filled balloon, you can make a particular part more prominent if air is squeezed from a different area. But to get the balloon to expand all over, all at once, you must somehow find a way to pump more air into it. While listening to the members talk about the current SP, it was also brought out that a statement of purpose that contains buzzwords or slogans of the moment might not be able to withstand the test of time. A statement of purpose that is broad, an SOP that highlights values and universals, allows for flexibility and the grace to forgive. There was also the flip side. A statement of purpose may be too broad, and perhaps the statement should be less broad and more focused. Is it possible for a statement of purpose to be both at the same time? I know when constructing a bridge, and perhaps it transfers to the construction of an SOP, 
It is possible to be broad and span a great distance as long as at the right point, focus is placed on putting strong enough pillars underneath. You can span a great distance if focus is put on supporting you. A point was also made that one might see the statement of purpose differently if it was looked upon not as a statement of beliefs, but as a statement of actions. That statement of purpose I read from the 80s said back then what West cared about. It said where the love of the community was directed. Well, a statement of purpose is like a statement of love. How many times have you said or heard, I love you? And the response was, well, you don't act like it. That's because love is not only in what you say, is in what you do. Not enough to say you value something, you must also act like it. I would like to paraphrase a quote attributed to Eric Zorn, an op-ed columnist for the Chicago Tribune. The phrase is, don't waste your breath proclaiming what's really important to you, how you spend your time and energy at all. Well, along those lines, I thought about that statement of purpose from the 80s. I know what it said was important, but if I was to look at where time and energy was spent, I would know what was important. So I looked at some of the history of West to see what and where time, energy, and energy of thought were spent. The SOP of the 80s talked about the cultivation of ethical character. I found that West has a history of cultivating ethical character by teaching people to think in ethical ways. Back then, there was a newsletter that used to circulate. In that newsletter was a column written under the name Ethi. It was an advice column. People wrote to it for advice on ethical problems. In that column, you would find the word ethical, which is a combination of the words ethical and adequate. That very slick combination of words was actually an acronym and was held as an operator's manual for eliciting the best. Ethically spelled E-T-H-I-Q-U-E-T-T-E stood for elicit the best in others and thereby in yourself. Treat personal issues as private. Honor agreements and honor the right to say no. Incidents, resolve them. Question, to gain understanding, not to criticize. Uniqueness, value the unique gifts of each individual as well as our common humanity, express appreciation. Truthfully express your perspective with kindness and fairness. Transform complaints into wants and problems into opportunities. Enhance your community. Those are indeed fine ways to strive toward having ethical character. Even before I started reading the entries of the column, I could see the energy of thought that was spent making and maintaining the column that ran for years. There was also time and energy spent on eliciting the best in individuals. I know this because there was a course that was developed and taught named after just that, eliciting the best. Just reading the key points of the course made me feel better about myself and seemed to speak out to me like self-affirming mantras, powerful points aimed at eliciting the best. Although the course is no longer given, West continues to hold that idea of eliciting the best in others. It can be found in our many groups, such as the Aging with Intention Group, the 
through mindfulness, and especially our deepening circle. Now, as non-judgmental places where you can speak your thoughts and feelings and express them freely and openly. A place where each person in the group strives to elicit the best in each other. While looking through the history, I could see very clearly where that time, thought, and energy budget was being spent. A fair chunk of it was spent on another course that was given the very appropriate name of relationship. From the start, the class seemed to be determined on teaching and bringing out the fundamentals of relationships. Although old, it came not far from speaking to the present day, seeing how so much of the country is divided. There are conflicts found at the workplace and communities, and yes, even sometimes at the dining room table. Because those divides and conflicts are among us today, I want to sidetrack and talk about the course from Wes's history the course started off with conflict resolution and immediately got my attention with the first few lines of the poem, Poison Tree. It says, I was angry with my friend. I told my wrath, my wrath did end. I was angry with my foe. I told him not, my wrath did grow. That caused me to believe that thought energy had been put into the development of the course because it immediately stressed the need for communication. Communication being the basis of any and all relationships. Those lines were immediately followed by a quote from Aristotle, which says, anyone can become angry, that is easy, but to be angry with the right person, to the right degree, at the right time, for the right purpose, and in the right way, that, it's not easy. A very simple truth. I then began to wonder if an old course from Wes history so many years ago really still had something to offer. I'll let you decide. These are some excerpts from the, uh, from the introduction to the relationship building course. In the course it says, conflict is inevitable. To avoid conflict is to avoid relationships. Whenever one becomes closely involved in a friendship or works hard at a task, discord arises. What determines the quality of a relationship is the ability to resolve conflict. Great causes and great friendships require such knowledge or else they self-destruct in the act of being. It went on to say, the only way to resolve conflict is for two people to get together with the intentions to do so. Now this part is important. The desire to win a conflict is the enemy of resolution. It went on to say this does not mean that one must acquiesce or surrender one's principles. It only requires seeing the limitations of your desires to win argument. I desire to be right. In reading, I found that, yes, the court still had a great amount of wisdom in it. And I can see that wisdom was harnessed because it can be found in our current community relations pack. I encourage anyone interested in relationship building and conflict resolution, to look at the current community relations pack, read it, or even better, support the community relations committee by reading their blogs and attending their programs. It could be thoughts, and input like yours that can be the spark that makes them even better. 
It is also my understanding that the new, the new workshops are in the making. And just like the sleek Tesla electric car contains the wisdom found in the Ford Model T or the gas guzzling cars of old, the new programs will have the wisdom of the old, but be mindful and cater to the current and changing times we live in. It seems that there was a sincere effort to teach and give adults tools to help them strive to live more ethically. And I find that to be a marvelous thing. Some of you may know, I am a lover of short quotes. There is one by Frederick Douglass that says, it is easier to build strong children than it is to repair broken men. Now that is not to say that there are broken adults. The point I'm trying to make is that if children are taught in an early age to live ethically, that it would stand to reason that in their adult lives, learning it would not be so necessary because it would have already been instilled. There is a high school that believes that also. It's not too far from West. It is the Nora School. And what that school says about itself is this. The school is deeply committed to making a positive impact on the greater Washington, D.C. area and beyond. The Nora School believes in the capacity and responsibility to create a better world. Now, they believe that so much that the first Wednesday of each month, classes are closed and 100% of students and faculty participate in community service activities. In their student and family handbook, right in the beginning, it says, the North School works hard to develop ethical consciousness and behavior in the community and expects the family of the students to be equally committed. I find that to be amazing. A school that stresses ethical consciousness, not only to their students, but to their families as well. It was not always known as the North School, but the website does say it, contain, it continues the traditions of its previous name, the Washington Ethical High School, which was formerly known as the Washington Ethical Society. It was originally the Eberhardt School, named after its founder and wonderful educator, Leon Eberhardt, who brought the school to West's building on 16th Street in 1968, where it was renamed the Washington Ethical Society High School in 1976 until the year 2000. Over that more than 30 years, I'm sure a great deal of that time, thought, and energy budget was used. I see it as well spent. The students, their families, the Washington community, and beyond enjoy the dividends from Wes's effort. Our own Josh Blender is a graduate of the Eberhardt School, and I believe Josh to be an outstanding living representation of beauty and ethical culture mindset the school stood for and whose traditions carry on today. Wes, this is only one of many reasons you are marvelous. By flowing ethical culture through that school, Wes has had a hand in bringing ethical consciousness to an untold amount of people, far too numerous to count. The effects of West are now truly far-reaching. Perhaps in your mind, you jokingly thought to yourself, how far is it? Well, I'll tell you. There's an organization called IP, which stands for International Partners, 
when you go to their website's history section, it will tell you that International Park was launched in 1998 when Lord Beckman and Don Montagna, a former West senior leader, along with a committee of volunteers representing the Washington Ethical Society, began exploring ways to help people born outside the circle of prosperity. The website says, and this is the organization speaking, our approach was simply to ask communities what they needed for water, roads, schools, etc. And then return to the USA to find money and volunteer service delegates to allow these communities to accomplish their goal. International Partners has worked with communities, communities in Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Panama, Sierra Leone, Gambia, Haiti, Ethiopia, Philippines, and El Salvador. I see that as pretty far reaching. And although international partners and West Global Connections eventually parted ways, that parting in no way erases, takes away from, or diminishes West's part in its success, or what was accomplished together. However, that parting of ways has not stopped West, West's global connections, which right today is still sustaining an enriching partnership between West and our friends in El Rodeo, El Salvador. West continues to enhance the lives of people living in Central America. So if you find that you have love overflowing so much that it can spill across borders, the Global Connections team is a wonderful vessel to pour that love from. So West has a history of extending its love abroad. That is after it had been doing it at home. In March of 1965, Ed Erickson, another former leader of the Washington Ethical Society, supported by board action, joined the now historical civil rights march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. Carl Purcell and Betty Mintz, members of the society, also joined that civil rights march, thereby forever cementing West's participation in that historic demonstration for civil rights. It was also in the 1960s that West stood up for civil rights literally in its own backyard. When it refused to use union labor to build West's meeting house on 16th Street because unions refused to allow African-Americans into their apprenticeship programs. The then senior leader at the time, Ed Erickson, is quoted as saying, we were damned and determined we weren't going to support segregation. As a result of West's and other stands for civil rights, I am right now a union electrician. After having gone through one of those same apprenticeships, West fought to allow me the opportunity to get into. Proves once again that West's efforts are not only far reaching, but also long lasting. In fact, those efforts reach into today in the form of BIPOC and Aramac. BIPOC. Black, Indigenous, people of color. Though this group isn't meeting regularly at the moment, connections between members still enhance our experience of West. And it is one of those non-judgmental groups I spoke of earlier, where you can just speak to the concerns of your heart and mind. Also, Aramac, anti-racial, anti-oppression, multicultural group. The board is helping Lynn to start a new Aramac study action group that will work with West communities and teams to further develop this lens in everything we do together. West has a history of stating its purpose and then going out and striving to achieve. It. 
I learned that from reading about the past. Once again, marvelous. What I learned by reading about the current things that West is involved in is that it seems that no matter where your interests might lie, West pretty much has a place to lay it. Now, if you are like me, you probably get nostalgic and long for the days when things were, shall I say, precedent. But in the here and now, West is up against not only new challenges, but still some of the same old ones. In the here and now, West still continues to fight the good fight, even though the world sometimes seems topsy-turvy backwards and upside down all at the same time. If I could, I would give words of encouragement that would motivate you through the challenges of the present day. But I do not have such words. But maybe the first full-time paid senior leader of the Washington Elephant Society, Ed Erickson, just maybe his words from the past still have the power to motivate today. These are his words. In its brief quarter century of existence, this small fellowship of concerned ethical humanists has made a worthy record and a perceptible impact on the Washington community and the ethical humanist movement in North America. As a result of our initiative, the Council for Humanist and Ethical Concerns came into being to represent in this nation's capital, the social conscious of humanist and ethical culturists throughout the country. Therefore, as we look ahead, the agony and doubt of a nation should hold no terror. Like every other institution, our viability and worth as a fellowship must be demonstrated for the skeptical. But we announced the future cheerfully, knowing that it was for such times as these that our ethical religion was fashioned. It is adequate if we be loyal to our humanist and democratic faith. Powerful words, extraordinary man. Wes, my desire today was to remind you of how truly marvelous you are, to remind you of who you are, what you've done, and where you come from. My task today was to remind you that the statement of purpose will soon be due for review. My task was not to convince you to change or not change your purpose. My task was only to remind you, as it has been done in the past, to state your purpose and then strive to fulfill it. It has been said and proven that you give life to what you give time and energy to. Wes has done so many things for so many people and has been involved in so much change for so very long that it is hard to clearly state what Wes's purpose is. After all my reading, I continue to think, as I did from the very beginning, that Wes's main purpose is to love. I see Wes and all that Wes does as an outpouring of love. Now, I admit to say that Wes's purpose is to love makes for an incredibly short statement of purpose and does not convey all which that love does. Love is expressed and manifests itself in many ways. I believe the things that Wes has done and continues to do is a manifestation of its love. In closing, on this last day in the month of love, I will leave you with one last definition of what love is. I somehow imagine it as being said by a child, 
because of its basic simplicity. It says that love is giving someone the last piece of care, no matter how badly they want it for yourself. Now, being a devout believer in the power of tape to bring one personal joy, I would say that's a pretty good definition. But may we give it freely and unselfishly to each other and ourselves in our journey through life while we affirm the worth of every person and elicit the best in the human spirit. May love and justice cross all borders. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you today. A framing question might help to spark a memory of a personal experience or your direct observation. It's like a writing prompt. You can use it or not. The question is, how will you help West fulfill its purpose? As we contemplate, rest, and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. From the light of days remembered, birds of beacon bright and clear, guiding hands and hearts and spirits into faith set free from fear. When the fire of commitment sets our mind and soul ablaze, when our hunger and our passion need to Oh, 
Wow. You know, listening to the platform this morning, it felt, I felt so, so many things. I felt humble by the history of West and what it has been able to achieve. I also felt as if I am an inheritor of a, of a rich heritage, uh, a heritage that requires me to rededicate myself along with the rest of the community to continuing uh, the work of Wes and building this beloved community. So thank you so much, Vincent. That was awesome. That was really great. Well, this is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform uh, and to what resonates in our own lives. Uh, you may like to consider the framing question that, uh, that Vincent uh, suggested. How will you help Wes fulfill its purpose? I invite you to share in the Zoom chat or Facebook comments. So someone says our initial task is to decide um, what, uh, sorry, um, I've missed it because it moved on. Rich says, I'm not still not convinced and Vincent admitted that this is possible that we need to change the SOP. Perhaps we should pour the energy that could go into the rebuilding uh, the SOP into fulfilling it. Uh, Trish says, thank you for your personal sharing. Um, uh, Rich, Wonderful music, um, expect the best. I'm not quite sure who that is. Our initial task is to decide if it needs revision. Mark Meyer says, I would also like a written copy and the information that Lynn posted. I can have my cake and eat it too. Thanks, Vincent. Uh, Julie, thanks, Vincent. As a longtime member, it was so wonderful to surface memories of our past, my past, and all of the ways we've evolved over the years. Joe London, great platform. I especially love the shout outs to Ethicat, the relationship building class and the community relations pack. Thank you so much. Jeff Mihal, Vincent's talk reminded me of my commuting to work via the L8 bus. As the bus sped down Connecticut Avenue, it would pass a church sign that read, people need love even if they don't deserve it. That sentiment would never work at West. One, no one is undeserving of love. Susan Runner says, can't wait to get back to El Salvador and continue our work. John, uh, to all panelists uh, I, and, and attendees, I want to use my imagination to help Wes use audiovisual technology to spread the word, to grow the movement. Now is the time. Shirley, thank you, Vincent. You brought in so many thoughts together and poured them into one word, love. Vincent, you can see that your platform really moved a lot of people and it's really lining us up to think seriously about our statement of purpose. Wonderful job, Vincent, said uh, somebody. Then Josh says a shout out uh, to older member, Charlie Dean, Hank Gassner and Mimi Henry, all of whom helped to keep the past history of Wes at one time or another. Uh, Sarah says, I love the statement of purpose as it is, but will try to think and feel open to how we might improve it. But my first thought is, why would we want to change it? 
Ah, I, I now understand that expect the best is Judy Myers. Hi, Judy. Thanks for clarifying. <clears throat> okay, remember that, uh, that if you want everybody to share, you should uh, send your comment to all panelists and attendees. <clears throat> Okay, Elaine says, let's reinvent the relationship building class into a relationship building movement. Keep them coming guys, this is all really, really helpful stuff. Sonia says, I agree with Rich, putting it into my own words, that too much navel gazing is less useful than taking action. But I also think some people are energized into action by reflection. Trish, excellent idea, Elaine. Julie, I would like younger and newer members to get engaged in conversations about the purpose of WES. WES belongs to all of us. Judy Myers, I couldn't figure out how to modify. Oh no, sorry, this is to all panelists, excuse me. I shouldn't read that. <clears throat> so just as we share our perspectives in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at WES, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget on the one hand and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. We appreciate each person's generous giving as they're able. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to Mana Food Center. Mana strives to eliminate hunger by increasing access to nutritious food for all those experiencing hunger and food insecurity, strengthening community food skills that empower healthy eating and connecting neighbors in need to resource providers and to each other. On the slide, you will see the number to give by text for today's collection. 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online through the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. We will now receive your gifts and the musicians' gifts of music. We are building a new way. We are building a new way. We are building a new way, growing stronger every day. We are building a new
Thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Interim music coordinator, Leah Morris and the West Chorus. The music was beautiful. Thank you to Macio Thomas, our membership coordinator. Uh, thank you also to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thank you to our new slide artists, John and Abby Dakin. Anyone who'd like to join the slide creation team, please contact Robin. Thanks to tech host, John Pfeiffer. And thank you to those who lead and support our work in the week to come. At the conclusion of the platform, please join us for the virtual coffee hour. Once we're in the Zoom coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups, uh, which you're welcome to drift in and out of as you want to greet different people. To get to coffee hour after closing words, point your browser to tiny.cc forward slash Wes coffee hour. We have opportunities for West members and friends to connect virtually during the week, including support meetings and, and discussion groups. The philosophy group, the sci-fi book group, and the aging with intention groups are all meeting today, February 28. The mindfulness group meets tomorrow on the first day of March. All of those meetings are on Zoom, and you can find the details for that and all other events on our website calendar at https colon forward slash double forward slash ethical society dot org forward slash teens who are 14 to 18 years old please register for next weekend's youth of ethical societies conference also known as the yes conference this can this will be held online registration is ten dollars please contact youth coordinator linda uh, irizari for more information. Next week, please also join us right back here for Sunday Platform at 10.30. Interim leader Lynn Cox will speak about cultivating a brighter future here at WES. Finally, thank you for all, uh, thank you all for being here with us. Now let's enjoy together our closing song for the month performed by interim music coordinator, Leah Morris and the WES Chorus. Together we stand with our voices lifted. Together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. Together we stand with our voices lifted. Together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flames ignited, our lives bright to inspire. Together we stand with our voices lifted. Together we sing as one choir. Together we stand with our hearts united, our flame ignited, our lives bright to inspire. And now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go out into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment.
creating beloved community among us and beyond us for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Again, please join us for virtual coffee hour. You can find the link on the slide or in the chat. That is once again, tiny.cc forward slash West Coffee Hour. If you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. Thank you in conclusion. It was wonderful to be here with you. Look forward to seeing you in the coffee hour.